Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Alright, it's time for that game show again that you fall in love with. Hey, black like that. Black like that. Black like that. Bada da da black like that. Black like that. Yeah. <laughs> I change the theme music every time I do it. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. Maybe I need to get one concise, cohesive uh, music. Well, they, never, it'll never happen. You Won't know what? Happen. That's the thing about this show. Uh huh. You never know what's going to happen. Okay. That's why it's a black ass show. Okay. So this is a game show, and I ask Yvonne like ten questions. She gets five right. The game show's over. Pack it up. Time to go home. We go. We move on. Because I, it's getting harder and harder to come up with damn questions every day. We could do other things. Anyway, continue. Thank you. So your first question, are you ready? Yeah. First question is, oh, and by the way, I changed a little thing, some things up. Okay. So the first three questions, you get multiple choice. The okay. last two, you're just going to figure it out. I'll give you hints. Okay. That's about it. Okay. If the hints are messed up, hey, that's how my brain works. Okay. Not my fault. Anywho, first question, you ready? Yeah. Maxine Waters, attorney of law, was a character on what famous uh, 90s sitcom? Is, do uh, I, is this not Prince, one of the multiple questions? <laughs> Fresh Prince. Living single. Thank you. You know, you know the damn answer. Because <laughs> you said it. I was supposed to have multiple questions. Okay. Second question. Okay. What rap group played in the played the bullies in the house party? Uh, mm-hmm. Troop, Kid and Play, Force MDs, Full Force. Full Force. Correct. Some buff ass Jerry dude, Jerry Curl hair heaven dude. I just remember they did the song with a. I thought they were part of a group with a lady. Uh, Lisa, Lisa. Yeah, and I thought they were cult jams. No, they did a couple of songs together. Mm-hmm. Wonder if I take you home. Yeah. I'm not going to sing the rest. We don't have enough money for that yet. Okay. <clears throat> Question three. Yeah. What was the name of Nino Brown's drug organization? <laughs> CMR, G-Unit, CMB, BBD. CMB. Correct. You got three right. Okay. Now... You might be able to phone a friend if you can find one, because you don't have any. Anyway, okay. let's move on. Uh-huh. Question four. Yeah. What is the name of Eddie Murphy's character that sings Whitney Houston's song, Great Greatest Love of All, at the Black Warriors Rally in Coming to America? <laughs> Told you it gets harder. gets harder. Oh, my gosh. He's the lead singer of Sexual Chocolate. Yes. Um... Correct. <laughs> I do not remember what his name is. He was in the, the play, the, the hit show, What's Going Down on That's My Mama. <laughs> that boy is good. Like that, that boy is good. I'm like, I'm like, good. He's good. Jerry Curl was amazing. Mm-hmm. And that pastor had been his pastor since he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And I love him. <laughs> and he death. loves him so much. Mm-hmm. Seems so lovely <laughs> since y'all, y'all are here today. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a hand. You're so, so lovely. This is but I do audience. not know the name of this person. Okay. I'll give you his... Uh, First and last initial. Okay. It's RW. Mm, that's not helping me at all. First name starts with an R. Last uh-huh. name starts with a W. Uh-huh. I don't know. 
Mr. Randy Watson. Oh, Randy Watson. Okay. I have to give you multiple choice on this. No, well. No, I don't. Okay. Who? Yeah, I do. Name the uh, original Kings of Comedy. Okay. Based, I'm basing this on the movie. Yeah. Steve Harvey. Okay. D.L. Hughley. Okay. Cedric the Entertainer. Okay. One more. Yes, it is. He's from Chicago. Of course. He's known for saying motherfucker. He had a whole bit about adopting his sister's kids. I don't need Who's this. Who's that I don't, I don't, I don't need, I don't need This is to... how I'm going to remember. Oh, he, did a, he did a movie oh, with Samuel Jackson. Mm-hmm. He was in the second Charlie's Angels. Mm-hmm. And he had a show. Mm-hmm. Called the show. (laughs) (laughs) Called the show. Called the show. Bernie Mac? Bernie Mac. Correct. Okay. So you got what? Four. Four out of five. Mm -hmm. Last one. You know what? I'm going to go to my notes. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. You ready? Yeah. This is for a black call for another week, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Mm, this suspense is killing me. Booty holes are tightening right now. Farts are being delayed. You ready? Yeah. On oh, the movie The Golden Child. Okay. Eddie Murphy said he was going to take The Golden Child on what talent show? Star Search. God damn it, you're right. I, thought you, I <laughs> literally thought you would get that one. How is the Kings of Comedy one so hard, but this one that you probably never, we haven't watched this movie in I don't know how long. I love The Golden Child, first of all. Secondly, this movie came out in the late 80s, early 90s. There was only one show that would even do something like that, and that was Star Search. God damn it. You know what? I need to check my eras of questions when I do it. <laughs> What's going on in that era before I come up with these questions? Didn't even think about that. Now that I think about it, Star Trek was probably the only talent show on TV at the time. Three, three and a half stars. <laughs> Javon gets four and a half stars. Well, that's in for uh, Black like that, ladies and gentlemen. She got five right. She gets to keep her black card until Sunday. Right. And then it's reneged again. So <laughs> thanks for joining us. Take my home, Jim. <laughs> All right, moving into That Happened This Week. Calvin, are you excited? That Happened This Week. (laughs) So, recently, um, I was around the shade room on Instagram, as one is. That's strike one. Well, anyway, somebody named Sauce Walker was responding to backlash following a video explaining his preference to date white women over black women. I'm assuming Sauce Walker, hopefully I can get that name right after this segment. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's a rapper. He's got to be. I don't. Do you think he just owns a chain of sauces? No, he has to be a rapper because got to yeah. involve some type of thought process. Sauce Walker is an American rapper. It says on the internet because we have no idea who he is. The only reason I know who he is is because of the shade room. So the, the point was his conversation uh, struck a chord with a lot of people because it's a repeated conversation that happens a lot sure unfortunately especially like around uh, black men who are dating white women especially when they're uh you know making the monies and whatnot sure he is. he's just raking all the dough in 
So this was in response to tweets he put out there. So tweet one, my relationships, attraction, and romance is based on making money, not making love. Love to see us win more than you love to see us together. I'm not the husband type, black or white. Let's create, Stop right not there. date. Stop right there. Okay. So the whole video you showed me had nothing to do with business. It had everything to do with he doesn't want to be in a relationship. So the video came after the tweet. So that's only one tweet. Then he said, I like women who can accept and respect the truth that I'm not monogamous and I'm honest with them about it from the beginning, giving them the choice to agree with my lifestyle or not, rather than me hiding and lying to her about other women, like a high school student. There's more. So women can choose to I, not be attracted to broke men I don't, I don't wanna, with no ambition or stability, etc. But I can't hurts. choose to be attracted to women who understand incorporation beats independence and teamwork makes the dream work on all levels of life, Listen not just business unity always wins. So he pays for pussy. One more time. My preference, not about black, brown, or white I don't, women. I don't, you can stop, you can it's stop, It's about please. blue Benjamins. Stop, stop, stop. I stop. love women of all races. Please stop reading. But the, pur- pur- the purpose is blue faces. You want to, you want to read that. What is, I don't, I don't want to read What are blue it. Benjamins? I don't what care. What are blue faces? I don't care. His whole preference is, for the fact he pays for pussy. Okay. That's literally what he does. Right. That's it. He <laughs> spends all his discretionary income on pussy. So, but that's a common phrase from a lot of black men who are with white women. Is that white women understand their needs better He's than black women? Paying for pussy. Is he paying? That's the new way to pay for pussy. Is he paying? Yes. You really think those females are getting in in a in a relationship with him, knowing he's doing all this and not getting nothing out the deal? That something's wrong with you. Okay, so you're saying he's paying in the extent that he's paying for like. Maybe their housing, hair, nails, body. He's paying stuff. for pussy. He's buying those girls some things. Okay, so do you fault him for being this honest? I don't care. I'm not asking you personally. I'm asking what you think about the conversation. Because it's a shared one. There's a lot of black men who feel very similarly. Maybe not in his exact words, but they feel like when it comes to what they want, especially in terms of their ambition for their business and whatnot, that Every white women fit that mold thing better. comes from a place of hurt. Okay. They were hurt in some type of way. Okay. Some type of capacity. Okay. What do you think of the argument that they do this because they know, I mean, there's the argument that they do this because they know that black women won't let them get away with it. But do you think that they also do this because they don't want to hurt black women? So they'll go after white women instead and act like this. This has nothing to do with that. This oh. has nothing to do with nothing. Okay. It's just a bunch of dudes who don't want to be hell accountable. Mm-hmm. So they deal with females who let them do what the hell they want to do. Most of the comments under that Shade Room post is exactly that. So because you're saying they don't want to be responsible. You'll be with somebody that you can treat like trash versus be with somebody who won't allow it. Okay. <laughs> That's literally all it is. <laughs> and he will rather pay for pussy for the rest of his life than to deal with pussy. I just have so many questions. Also, he's 32-ish. 32-ish. He's, that means absolutely nothing. No, I'm talking about in terms of like when you start to slow down. Do you think there's going to be a point in his life where he's like, man, maybe I want to settle down? I don't care what happens in his life. I'm, I'm just speculation, sir. Speculation? Yes. 
Probably not. Okay. okay. Um, nothing about him that I've Are found out so in the last five minutes mm-hmm. says anything other than I'm just going to, as long as I can make a couple of coins doing rap. Okay. If that fails, I have nothing else to look forward to. Okay. All right. On to the next one. Didn't mean to sound so bleak, but it is what it is. Okay. All right. So in other news, Rick Ross says Drake, French Montana, Lil Wayne, and Jay-Z are in the top 2% of writers and creatives in the music industry. And uh, a lot of people did disagree. So apparently what he meant by that is... He was saying people that can listen to a beat like once and then immediately start creating lyrics on the spot and go with the flow in that short amount of time is what he calls two percenters. Um, But he said there was no shade, no hate to anybody that has to sit on it for a little bit and think on it and then come back to the beat. But he was saying in his experience with the people he's worked with, it is just Drake, French Montana, Lil Wayne and Jay-Z. I don't understand why people got a problem with that. It's his comment, his opinion. Okay. People were like, French Montana? First of all, if you're just talking, then yeah, I can come with anything if you just sit a beat in front of me. Mm-hmm. Abu Dhabi. Gang of bangers. <laughs> popping socks. Hella hangers. He, he wasn't saying this, just talking, though. His whole thing was, like, you could run with it. You could legitimately make a song out of it in that one setting. Yes. A special, probably couple of people can do that. But is it worth it, though? A lot of people were like, really? We're not going to say Nikki. We're not going to say J. Cole or Kendrick. We're going to say French Montana. A lot of people were just like, really? French Montana? Because maybe those other people that he worked with took the beat home and went and did something else. People were like, Kanye is not a thing? Okay. That's what, okay. If anybody knows Kanye, it takes Kanye almost three years. It takes Dr. Dre 20 years to make music. I don't understand why the, the, that's. Did, didn't Kanye West take forever to do Tiana Taylor's album and then jerk it all up? But he wasn't in it. That I mean, that's why it took so long. It wasn't his. That's why. Oh. That that was the whole thing. Was like and he hear, was like yeah, and then when he did it, it was and like, oh. Kanye redo lyrics and have people no whatever. I just I just found it interesting. It seems like the most of the reaction was like, you could have said Nikki, and you could have said J. Cole or Kendrick. Well, maybe the times he worked with Nikki, Nikki took the beat home. I don't know. People are just very shocked with the French Montana drop. They were just like, okay, yeah. French Montana it is. Look at the type of music the person makes. Uh-huh. Then you listen to what he said. Okay. If you listen to him in French Montana songs, mm-hmm. I don't know any of them, mm-hmm. is pretty probably basic. I don't. I couldn't tell you a French Montana song. I couldn't tell you one. Pop that pop something. I can't remember the name. That was no. a two life crew. Pop that pussy. No. But I think he did sample that for that song. Oh. Um. Yeah, I don't know too many French Montana songs, but I do know maybe the song they worked on probably wasn't that complex. I wonder if it's so, because he put French Montana next to Jay-Z. <laughs> so people were like... No, people are upset because hmm? the caliber of MCs he said didn't have French Montana in it. Because no one thinks French Montana should be on the same line or same sentence as Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, and Drake. 
Interesting. That's the problem. I don't see a problem. It's his opinion. Yeah. I guarantee if you go listen to that French Montana and song he got together, you'd be like, oh, that's very basic. They're really not talking about anything. It's probably about money, shaking booty, throwing dollars. I got a car. Mm-hmm. It goes fast. It is just them talking. I got is, a girl. And it is just him like she shakes that basically ass. shooting the shit with these guys. But do you think that Rick Ross is in a position to be like, these are who the elite are? Do, is, is, is he somebody that could be say that with like astute we live in a, ta- a certainty it doesn't matter anymore oh it doesn't matter no All one right. cares okay it's microwavable microwavable they'll forget what he said tomorrow no one cares okay all right last but not least omarion has a new song well a new music video at least coming out uh and people are like "Ooh, it might be getting spicy because there's a particular scene in this music video uh, for people who can't see it or don't want to even look it up, Omarion's in a jacuzzi with a woman. She is sitting on, like, the stairs for the jacuzzi, or, like, I guess the ledge. Legs by his face. He's pretending to eat watermelons. Basically. His head is between her thighs, um, but he does not get close to the goods once. Not once. He sings he's to it. He's in a jacuzzi, and he's about to drown. It's going to be hard to eat watermelon and breathe. At the same time, you drown. <laughs> yes. So people are like, ooh, is this going to make you want to watch the video? You know, is it super spicy? Uh, some of the comments include, it's giving, I want to be your doula for the home water birth. Um, people are showing that Michael Jordan meme where he goes, stop it. <laughs> Get some help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the internet is undefeated. He, uh, they're saying he looks like he's making a life decision on whether he wants to go down or not. Uh, they also say that it, it, it's just a lot of, it's cringy, it's given Tubi. It's given Tubi. First of all, Tubi wouldn't have a jacuzzi. It'd be a pool, and then they'll probably shoot to a jacuzzi. And then when they come back to the people, it'd be a pool. My thing was... Or like one of those inflatable pools. Why do we need this scene is my question. First of all. Why in the jacuzzi? First of all, jacuzzi is hot, so your face would burn because of the hot water. Also, her coochie will get a yeast infection. First of all, wow, we just got really graphic. Yeah, um, yeah, I did. Two, uh, it's going to be really, really warm. It's super warm. It's not comfortable. It's not comfortable doing things like that in a warm state of water. At all. In water, period. It's not comfortable doing things like that. At all. Sounds, also, it's a jacuzzi. Sounds like this is more for you. More for me? Yeah. How is that? You, you seem a little bit more upset. I'm just saying. What? We could, if he wanted to reiterate that he loves to eat watermelon the way he does. We could have put this in a different scenario. And gotten the same spicy effect he was trying to go after. Doesn't Marion look like he does anything simple? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, just asking saying, a question. For somebody who's supposed to be laying all this romance at everybody's feet, he couldn't have come up with something a little better? First of all, how is it romance? All he did was put her in a jacuzzi. Is that romance? The whole thing is around a conversation about how a lot of men, especially black men, don't go down on their partners. It's it's around that. He is saying that he stands out because he will do that. I'm sorry. He ain't scared. That's the whole song? No, that's not what the song's about. That's what he's touching on in that particular scene who said that he did 
where where you getting lost at? He's he he came out and said that. He is aware of the conversation about how there's some men who don't want to go down on their partners. That's oh. why he did the whole watermelon thing on stage at the verses. It's to show that he's not afraid of that. He'll do it. I just thought he was hungry and he was doing something for his throat and he just wanted some watermelon. Calvin. <laughs> Why would, he, why would he slowly lick the middle of this giant watermelon and then bite into it? Because some people are creepy. <laughs> some people have a creepy disposition with food. I don't know. I didn't know. Maybe that's still true. Because this little clip of the music video, he's not going anywhere near it. No idea. She's got her legs up around his head, but he's just singing to her coochie. He's not doing anything. First of all, I will not be purchasing or listening to this song. That's first. Um... So, you made me listen to something that's polluted my ears. Now, I can't get it out. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to have to listen to a lot of old school R&B to get that taste out of my ears. Old school baby face? Baby face can go to hell, too. I still don't understand why you hate this person so much. I don't know. Because he's not cool. Interesting. Don't know. Don't care. Anywho, also, it's not even about baby face, but Omarion. I wanted to go back and clarify that I understand that Calvin's question in black like that where he asked if Maxine Waters was the lawyer for living single was supposed to be Maxine Shaw. Maxine Waters is a real person. I like how we tell the world my mistakes. <laughs> Every time. This is great. I'm just saying. Anything else you want to make me look bad about? Don't hurt my feelings some more? Uh, I'll wait for our movie review. <laughs> To do all of that. Is that okay? <sighs> I'm not going to cry in the car. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Usa, Usa. Um. Crazy. So, Marion sucks. Uh, French Montana shouldn't be on the same list and sentence with Drake, Lil Wayne, and Jay-Z. Am I crazy? Yeah. I don't understand why Drake is up there. And Saucy Man, whatever his name is. Why is Drake Likes up to there? pay for pussy. That's what I learned today. I mean, I understand Drake is a popular, he's a popular artist, but why is he in the same list? Is he, are we saying he's that talented? He's at, he's at that same echelons as Jay-Z? I'm confused. What, what, what are we talking about? Well, that whole, uh, what's his face? Rick Ross Yeah, statement. I know we're talking about that. Yeah. What is the context of the his, Drake thing? His comparison was that. I'm using big words now. That I'm happy. Drake, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, French Montana. We're all in those two in that two percenter group. These were people who could listen to the beat and immediately make a hit song right after listening to the beat. They don't have to sit on it. They don't have to think on the lyrics. They could just go. Drake is amazing at writing songs about nothing when he wants to. Okay, I, I'm just confused why he's in this and list. You can say what you want to say. Drake's a strong MC. Okay. So. Okay. That's high praise <sighs> coming from Calvin. Tomato. Tackle. I don't know. Tomato tackle. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I got for that happened for this week. You got anything, Gavin? That happened this week. Okay. Uh, it's going to be the same thing next week. Okay. <laughs> okay. And hopefully it won't be B Street. <laughs> B know. Street is an icon. Okay. You, you shut your you face. You stop that lie. Shut your face. Please end this segment. <laughs> Did you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that, D-A-T, 
podcast at gmail.com. Yes, we like that podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that. Because we might like that. We really might. And we'd love to hear from you. For this week's Worth the Watch, I watched White Men Can't Jump. I watched the original and the remake. This is for a dissertation to hold on for her black card. Do, you know, do to... you know what a dissertation is? It's, uh, nope. <laughs> okay. Not even pretend I do. I know this was do. my homework for sure, but it definitely wasn't a dissertation. Isn't that something like a... A dissertation is what I would be giving yeah, right now. Yeah. I'd be given a dissertation right now. Yeah. That's okay. what you're about to do, right? Not really. So anyway, watched White Man Can't Jump, the original and the remake. The original, I had a lot of questions. So many questions. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to me in terms of storytelling. And I came back. But whatever, people regard it as a classic. So I needed a mental break. It stars Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez. Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, if you were around in the 90s, they were the tag team go-getters for making people come and spend their money at the movie theater. The power movie couple. They really were. They, it was like, they were like, it's the best of both worlds, y'all. We got black guy and a white guy. Look at that. Look at the two. Basically, the whole story revolves around Woody Harrelson's character, who is this white country boy who appears to be just just random person who's wandering around like a hippie. But, in fact, he actually is a very skilled basketball player who hustles people out their money. He hustles Wesley Snipes out of his money. That's how they meet. Wesley Snipes realizes he can use that, and they team up, and they play all these courts together to hustle people out their money using the same tactics Woody Harrelson was using. We find out Woody Harrelson was doing this because he owes around eight grand to some mafia type of people. That he's been running away from with his girlfriend, Rosie Perez. This kind of twisted him, too. A twist to them? Yeah. They're not... It's like... Well, they're they're hit, kind of like hitmen, but they rather get the money than kill you. They look like bookies who are yeah. going after them for their money. That's what I think they're more like. Mm-hmm. So, instead of killing you, they pretend to take pictures of you dead. Well, no. They did that because they made a deal with him. Like, as long as he could pay... Oh. Because okay. their their boss wanted, I guess, wanted them dead, which is uh, why they've got like that little flip book of Polaroids or whatever. Okay, I but they, they just wanted the money. Oh, uh, I thought they did that just to scare the other people. They add it to their collection to scare other people. Okay, cool. <laughs> but now it's like, are any is anybody dead? Are everybody in these Polaroids? Okay. Are they just there? So now I got the answer to one of the many questions I had. Also, we didn't tell you any of the rest of the recap whatsoever. So um, Woody Harrelson's character clearly he gets his money because all that twist stuff happens, but. Up until that point, it's him and Wesley Snipes bilking these people out their money and forming a friendship in the process. At some point, these two reach a point where they go into competition with each other for the two-on-two tournament where they win the biggest sum of cash to date, which is like about five grand. Take it away, Calvin. What happens after that? Um, so... Woody Harrelson's character and Rosie Perez pretty much goes to Wesley Snipes' apartment and confront him about uh, pulling a, a, how do you say, a jack move or 
double. I think you're skipping a part. I stopped off at the part where they went into the two-on-two tournament. Yeah. But, you're going back? Yeah, before how they got to the two-on-two tournament is because Wesley Snipes, uh, what's he go, stabs Woody Harrelson in the back in another in a game before that where he hustles Woody Harrelson to get back in it for hustling him the first time. So Woody and his girl, Rosie, goes to Wesley Snipes' house. They confront him. The ladies come to an agreement that they're going to play in this tournament. The ladies being uh, Wesley Snipes' wife for the movie. They yeah. randomly gave this man a wife and a child. Pretty much, we don't know her name, but she played the mother of uh, Ice Cube and uh, Morris Chestnut in Boys to the Hood. That's Wasn't on- Menace to society? No, it was Boys to the Hood. That's yeah. the only other movie I remember in. Um, anywho, they go play in this tournament. While they're playing in the tournament, tournament, Woody Harrelson is like talking trash, just pissing everybody off. So they get to the final game where they play Dwayne Martin and another dude. And during that game, this the, the black guy, I don't, I can't remember. I think his name is Flight, is dunking all on Woody Harrelson. So at the last point for game point. Uh, Wesley Snipes hooks uh, uh, Woody Harrelson up with a nice pass. He wanted Woody Harrelson to dunk it. Woody Harrelson laid the ball up. He's like, why did you dunk it? He's like, I can dunk if I want to. I just didn't want to dunk. I didn't want to blow it or whatever. He's like, the dude's dunking you all day. You should dunk back on him. He's like, I just didn't want to blow the game. There's a lot of money on the line. And just whatever. He's like, whatever, man. You should have dunked it on him. So they're in a car ride back. This is where the theme of the the movie comes from. Did a car ride back? I guess Woody Harrelson starts to they going back back and forth with this banter or whatever. So Woody Harrelson, some in the midst of all that, Woody Harrelson somehow gets the the inkling that uh, what's his type don't think he can dunk. So he's like, I can dunk. And what's his type? White man can dunk. He's like, I can dunk. He's like, dude, don't hurt yourself. I can dunk. He's like, I bet you my half of the prize money I can dunk. He's like, you know what? I'm not going to do that to you. I'm just going to take you home to your wife before you lose the rest of your money and your girl. He's like, no, I can dunk. He's like, I I bet you. He's like, no. Finally, let's start you know. Okay, cool. They pull over to this random court with this basketball goal. And he said, okay, Woody Harrelson character has three chances to dunk the basketball. He misses all three, and this is when uh, Gloria, uh, played by Rosie Perez, his girlfriend, leaves him. So then he goes back to uh, Wesley Snipes and says, hey, I need a favor. Man, I got to get Gloria back. She left me. I got to get her back. He's like, all right, man, i help you. I, I, you've grown a spark in my heart. I'm going to help you. So he takes him to his friend's court, who just happens to be a security guard on a lot with all the game shows are filmed at in Hollywood. He said, yeah, man. He said, do you still work on the uh, the, the lot with all the game shows? The dude said, yeah, man, I still work on a lot. You, if you want to get on a lot, you got to come through me. He's like, cool. Say, Jeopardy shot on that everything. He's like, he's like, oh, Gloria wants to get on that show. He's like, yeah, what I got to do to get on that show? He's like, what I got to do? He's like, all right. He's like, you want to play me? He's like, nah, you got to take a shot. He's like, okay, that's cool. Shot to get on a lot? Cool. He's like, no, nah, you're not shooting this goal. You're aiming for the stars or something. He said, Ghana or, or, or Senegal, one of the African countries. 
So he turns around. He's like, you got to shoot a half-court shot, hook shot from here, from half-court to get on the lot. He shoots it, nails it, gets on a lot. She gets on Jeopardy. She kills. He gets backstage to apologize to her. He starts to sing some stupid song or whatever. Apologizes. She takes him back. And then Javon can take it from here. Huh? Okay. I guess I'll tell you the rest. So, after she takes him back, she takes 2,500 of her winnings and gives it to him. In the process of them talking, she said, this money is for you to go get some new clothes, freshen yourself up, to go start looking for a job. We're done all this. We're done with all this hustling stuff. It's time for you to go look for a job. So in the midst of all that happening, Wesley Snipes' apartment gets breaking, broken into because he's in the hood. And so now he's like, I got to get my family out of here. He goes looking for Woody House and finds them on the beach, uh, like rollerblading and bike riding or something like that. So he's like, look, man, Duck and King, that's the name of the two last bosses. Those were the legends, uh-huh. The legends. They got a game somewhere. The buying is twenty five hundred. We can take him. He's like Duck and King. Oh, they're legends. I want to play them. See, shit, I'm the best. Whatever. And Gloria's like, if you go play in this tournament, I'm leaving you. He's like, babe, I own. He said he, and he finally told. I guess I think he told her that she's the reason she got on that lot is because he gave he helped him help her get on that lot. She's like, whatever. You do this, I'm I'm gone. So they go play in the final game. They win. He comes back. She's gone. Well, she left him before that. He wins. He thought she'll be, she'll still be there, but she never came back. She was gone. And pretty much the movie ends with Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes on the beach talking trash, trying to hustle each other again. And that's how the movie ends. So what do you think about the movie? It was disjointed for me. Oh, God. I'm going to start a new segment. Do not watch movies or old movies with smart people. I'm just, I'm a little confused with the plotting. Clearly, this was a movie about somebody who likes basketball. Like, clearly, this movie got put together. They they wrote it. They put it out there from somebody who loves basketball. The basketball scenes in this movie outnumber a lot of the talking scenes in this movie. I got, do you know how to shut your brain off when you watch stuff? Why do I got to shut my brain off? It'll make the movie so much more enjoyable. I'm saying it was still enjoyable. It was still fun to watch Wesley Snipes in his prime do his Not Wesley for me, Snipes thing. Just for you. It was also very interesting to watch Woody Harrelson basically just be Woody Harrelson <laughs> the entire movie. His relationship with Rosie Perez, which actually had chemistry to it. It actually was believable. Um, finding out that Rosie Perez almost didn't get the part because the studio didn't want a Puerto Rican to play the love interest for Woody Harrelson at the time. And Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes helped fight for her to stay on. That was cool. Um, I just thought there were just random things in there that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Like Rosie Perez's random speech to Woody Harrelson when she says she's thirsty and wants a drink of water. When I say I'm thirsty, it doesn't mean I'm thirsty. It means I want you to understand that I'm thirsty, Punky. It didn't make a lick of sense. It came out of nowhere, and it didn't. There wasn't a callback to That's it. It didn't make much, any sense. That's how women get beat, right there. This is anyway. That was mental torture. 
her subplot about wanting to be on Jeopardy, of all of the things to have included as a subplot for her, why Jeopardy? Clearly, they had a deal with Jeopardy. Because she knew 300 words that stopped the, the letter W. 300 food, foods that stopped the letter Q. But why was this a plot point? I didn't, I didn't understand why we needed this. Then, after all of the BS that they go through with these characters, especially the relationship with Woody Harrelson's character and Rosie Perez's character, the way they ended for those two was so open. It was so wide open. Javon, she jumped in a truck and drove off. That was at the beginning. Yeah. And then she came back. And then they ended it again. Yeah. She jumped. She hitchhiked again and she, left. She didn't hitchhike again. She just rollerbladed off. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. 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 You're right. But it was still also random. Then, like I said, clearly I missed the part where Wesley Snipes was like, this is why white men can't jump. Yeah. And they had their whole bet. I didn't even clock it. It was, I mean, it's. It happened right after the tournament. He's driving them home. I get for the time that this came out, which is like 91, 92. This movie was, again, one of the first of its kind. Again, it really was. I was just like, I don't. If you're a basketball aficionado, I'm sure this was a, a must-see. It's probably in your list of, you know, basketball great movies. This was a good, funny movie mm-hmm. with good acting. I didn't think it was that particular. I didn't think it was particularly that funny. It had funny moments for sure. I didn't think it, I wouldn't have billed it as a comedy, even though that's what it's billed as. It's billed as a comedy. It's like a more drama with a little bit of comedy satire thrown in. It, the, the structure of the storytelling, for, in my opinion, was erratic. And then they just kind of decided to tie everything together at the, <laughs> at the end, sort of, kind of, and left it. And you're like, okay. That was my opinion. How, but oh as somebody who God. watched it when you were younger, you just liked it for what it was? Yeah, I still like it for what it was now. Okay. There's really no change. Please don't tell me why you think the sequel is better. Ew, it is not better. Thank you. Because I would have flipped this whole damn table. So, in the sequel, the synopsis for the sequel, real quick, in case you guys are going to watch it, trigger, warning, spoiler, warning, um, you're missing spoiler, nothing. Spoiler, 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 the, the update was written by Kenya Barris. So, I'm going to leave that out there. I'm going to let that hang in the wind. Now, it makes a whole much <laughs> more sense why the movie sucked so bad. Kenya Barris is known for, oh, uh, what's the episode It show? sounded like a... Uh, Escape song that movie. Uh, not even an escape song. It would I would say something now. It sounded like a, a TikTok mashup. But he's known for uh, Blackish. He's known for that show. Kenya Barris gets a lot of flack for being like the next Tyler Perry. Oh because my he, god! Quote unquote, whites down a lot of black storytelling so that it's appeasable oh to white god. audiences. Okay, and that's I'm, what this movie I'm felt like. To, I'm about to tell you. I made a a complete uh, mistake, like a brain fart, a, a huge brain fart. I thought you were talking about Candy Burrows. That's why you said it sounds like a... It's yes. <laughs> I thought you were talking song. about Candy Burrows from Escape. Kenya Barris. Ken, I thought you were talking about her. No, Kenya Barris, <laughs> who did Blackish. Wow. Who, I thought I was who like, did mix it? Mix, 
ish. I was like, I didn't and got know. a lot of flack for that. He also did a Netflix. I don't know if you remember the Netflix TV series he did with um, Quincy Jones's daughter. What's her face? Rashida. Mm-hmm. He did a show with Rashida where he basically yeah. played himself. Yeah. It also people really didn't like that one either. I literally sat him like I didn't know she was doing movies now, mm-hmm. writing movies. I thought she was still doing plays. I'm like maybe she this is our guy Egot. Kenya Barris is okay. one of the story writers for this, uh, screenplay writers for this. I'm like she wrote that too. I'm like uh, Tusha about to jump out the damn window now. <sighs> I feel like the movie had a good, I feel like they they had a good idea, but it did not get fleshed out at all. In the new White Men Can't Jump movie, they do this thing where they're like, we're going to talk about race, but we're not going to talk about race for the whole movie. Whole movie. For the whole movie. Every line. It's. Every line. I could see where they took inspiration from the first film, but this is. Nothing like the first film. They used that to make up for the lack of basketball in this movie. This one was very much more focused on building character, I guess, between the leads. But they really only built up character for Sinqua Walls' character, who's supposed to be the Wesley Snipes character, basically. They kind of give you some story for the Woody Harrelson character, which is played by Jack Harlow, but not much. It's mostly centered around Sinqua's character. I give them that. They at least gave you a little background. So that's the only compliment I would give this movie. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if you watch the first one and then you're watching this new one, you can piece out the intentions a little bit more of what those main characters were supposed to have in terms of exposition. But, so the new one, they had to, they revamped it to appease a younger audience. I don't... My thing when they're doing remakes, and they talk about this all the time about having to balance the old, you know the older audience that watched the original with the newer audience that may have never ever seen it, and how do you get those worlds to get together? But in my opinion, it didn't work. Trying to get everything balanced like that did not work, and the storyline, while it was fleshed out a little more in terms of why these guys were playing like they were playing. Again, it didn't make much sense to me. Well, I would also give them that the way I think they try to incorporate the old with the new, they use a lot of the old scenes from the old movie. Well, oh, I'll break it down. You tell me where those old scenes are. So we kick off the new movie okay. with a basically like a throwback. Uh, it's like a memory of Sinqua Wall's character playing ball as a kid, as a high schooler. He's with his dad. They're doing interviews, and he's a rising star at the at the time. And his dad's like, yep, we're going to continue working on him. We have high hopes for his future. Pretty much his dad was like uh, Le, uh, LeVar Ball. It's pretty much how they, they gave the vibe. Okay. So something happens between that interview and one of his games because he never makes it past that we get a time jump to the future by 10 years so he's in his either his late 20s or his early 30s and he is grumpy and sad he's playing basketball with some friends at a public court but he's not thinking anything well it was of at, it. it was at his high school court oh yes it's, it's yeah. an old high school court that they're all playing on uh we get introduced to jack harlow's character who, who's basically the woody harrelson character 
who comes in with a giant bag of random-shaped basketballs and somebody who he's, quote-unquote, coaching, training. At least in the original, Woody Harrelson dressed like he was supposed to be in a basketball court. Did he? Yeah. I disagree. No, yeah. That's how some people dress, especially if you're playing outdoors. He's wearing 80 different layers in the original. Yeah. Some people dress like that. Okay. Well, supposedly keeps you cool because once you start sweating, mm-hmm. it's almost like an air conditioner. Because it's trapping all that moisture to you. Yeah. So now the moisture is used to cool when you're running back and forth. What I'll give Woody Harrelson is at least he could play. Duly noted. <laughs> True. So we get Jack Harlow's character coming in, and he's supposed to be this, like, vegan, vitamin-oriented, I'm all about the earth. Poo-poo water. Trainer. Making guy. It is. It's. Like, again, this, in the first movie, it's hinted that Woody Harrelson's character is similar in thought. He talk, He gives his girlfriend, Rosie Perez, a hard time about what she puts in her body, how they need to eat very healthily. But he says it in one scene, and that's it. Anyway, so. They, this, only, they only really ate one time. This movie makes it his entire personality, where he's just this, like, vegan guru trainer uh, who also has dreams of basketball. He meets up with our Wesley Snipes person, played by Cinqua, and hustles him, essentially. <sighs> he gets him to put up $300 and says he could probably beat him at a, sh- at, at a shootout or something. Because they don't actually play. They just shoot basketball. Anyway. Yeah, I, it's, it's like they're loosely hustling people. And then all of a sudden it turns out they have to hustle people. But they don't. <laughs> but yeah, they I don't know. They yeah. also don't. Yeah, I don't know. So, he, But he does, like in the first movie, he does you know, trick Sinqua into thinking he can't play. And then he actually can play. And then uh, Sinqua goes back home. This And his character is again married. And they have a child. But... His wife, who's played by Tiana Taylor, has a little more substance to her. She's actively working out of the home as a hairstylist. Um, they establish a lot more, in my opinion, about the home life that's happening with Sinqua's character. <laughs> in that uh, they're struggling to make ends meet. They're struggling to make ends meet, but they want to you know, do better for themselves. But it's a trial right now because Sinqua's kind of aimless. He doesn't know exactly what he wants to do. He needs therapy. Yeah, that's what they keep repeating over and over. Rather than show us that he needs therapy, <laughs> they just keep telling us he needs therapy. He's an angry Over and black over man. and over again. He's an angry man. It is bizarre. Anyway, so then, um, Sinquan eventually, Jack Harlow team up to start making money. And my memory is fuzzy again on why they needed to do that, but they do. They start hustling. But we get... We get way less basketball play than we did in the first movie. Don't ask me why they started. I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you. I, I couldn't even no tell idea. you. At first I was like, oh, maybe because it's to get movie, in the tournament? No, because the movie said they needed to. That's what it was. Okay. They needed money to get in that big tournament. Okay. So they said That's to hustle. That's why they started hustling. But we barely see them play any ball. We do have another scene like in the first movie where they're hustling somebody at a particular court. And uh, it goes bad real fast. In the, the- the, the movie's so bad, you can guess the plot and be right. It is 
somebody's got a flamethrower that he brings to an open court. So it's the same scene in which in the old movie, mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes goes to this court, hustles this guy. The guy doesn't have enough money to pay the to, debt. To pay the debt. So yeah. he goes across. He goes to his car, goes across the street to the local local uh, store. Liquor store, yeah. Oh yeah, liquor store. And tries to rob the guy in there, who's played by Ronaldo Brown. I want to say, I think Ronaldo, Ronaldo Ray. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, a, a comedian. He tries to rob him, and he's like, "Reggie, that's you." No, this ain't Reggie. He's like, "Reggie, that's you, man." If you don't get your dumb out, if I if I beat you up, he's like, "Man, I need money." He's like, "Money for what?" I got some dudes over there. That's right for the taking. I need two hundred. I need three, three. He said three. three. I want three fifty. I want three. I need fifty. He was like. I'm not giving you no $350. Get out of here before I call the damn cops. He's like, look here. You want this pistol? This pistol, man, right here. You can use it because crazy people, more crazy than me, come in here, try to rob you. He's like, all right, I give you. $250. $250. Yeah, $250. Give me $275. $275? You know what? No, he said three. Three. And then the other guy said $250. $250. And he said $275. $275. And the guy said $250. He's like, all right, man, whatever. But it's from that. So the random flamethrower scene in the new movie is based on the old based scene. Based on the old where scene. It, basically, they go to hustle somebody and it goes bad. They got to split and run really quickly. So we get that scene, too. I, <sighs> Jack, Jack, clearly, this is Jack Harlow's first movie. Uh, <laughs> no shade to this man. But it is it's it is a, a struggle watch to get through, if you want, in terms of acting. Sinqua is carrying all of the weight and burden in that arena. But they also give Sinqua's character this storyline where, like, he comes from a broken home. His mom ran out on him when he was young. He's only had his dad. His dad got diagnosed with MS and is now on his deathbed. He also is still trying to figure out, oh, he's still trying to work past his trauma from getting arrested and wrecking his entire basketball career. Which I guess is the trauma that they keep talking about how he needs therapy for because he's very angry. He lets, just... he lets people get in his head and then he fights. So apparently that game that cost him his career was some dude was taunting him. He was at, a, I guess, playing an all-white school or something. That, so that's the uh, it's, it was another weird, we're going to talk about race, but we're not going to talk about race scenario. They took that straight from the headlines. So there, that happened recently where there was a high school team that was all black that went to a primarily white school. And they were dealing with that kind of stuff. So that's what they're tapping into in this in the new movie. Oh, okay. Did not know that. Yes. Uh, but it's also, again, random. Um, it, the, the movie's weird. Harlow's girlfriend is, instead of being like a Rosie Perez person who basically was the highlight of the, of the film, she instead is played by the very, very quiet Laura Harrier. Who most people would recognize from being on Spider Man. Spider Man! The first love interest for Peter Parker in that film series. But she's a dancer. She's uh, trying to be a choreographer. And she's, Pilates. She's waiting. <laughs> Pilates is not dancing. But she's trying to get her break and it's not coming. Then she does get a break and Jack Harlow's character isn't happy for her. Wait, what? Yeah, she, she gets the opportunity to be a choreographer for SZA. SZA? Tour. SZA. That's not an artist. Restaurant commercial? No. Um, Oh, Oh, the R&B. Okay. Yeah, R&B girl. 
but it's it, it's just reminded and weird again. The most believable acting for me with Jack Har- with Jack Harlow was when he had to make out with that girl. That was the most believable part of the movie for me. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait to make out with this girl in every scene that they're supposed to kiss. He's just ready and throwing his face at her face. Um, the movie ends with them having to do a tournament, except it's not a two-on-two tournament. They're doing like a team tournament. First of all, you know, uh, was this a three-on-three or four-on-four or five-on-five? Four-on-four, and then you could have a a spare, I guess, just in case somebody got hurt. Who the hell plays four-on-four? No, three-on-three. I, I, it was three-on-three. Okay. Because okay. there was three only on four on that team. It was Sinqua, okay. Jack Harlow's character, and then those two comic relief people. Which was played by another rapper. I don't know. I, I won't say... Uh, Vince, Vince West, something like Vince that. Vince Staples. West? Yeah, Vince Staples. God damn, I got that all wrong. Yeah, Vince Staples. I don't even know who that is. So he's actually a pretty, actually a really good rapper. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of. Anywho, that's, that has nothing to do with white man can't jump. Okay, well he's in it. He's, he's <laughs> one of the comedic relief guys who only dates white women. Oh, look at that circle back to our original conversation. So, um, but this yeah. Is, well, uh. I feel like a Black Panther podcast almost. It's just interesting. But this movie tried to say a whole bunch of things, but ended up saying nothing. What I would give it credit for is that it did try to flesh out at least Sinqua's character, the Wesley Snipes character. It gave us a lot more story versus the first movie, which just kind of touched on things but didn't go that far. But it, it, it was more like, do you like Jack Harlow? You also like this other guy? Cool. This is the mo- this is a movie, and we got it going on right now. There was very little basketball, very little basketball. There's just random people in here, just that didn't really fit the movie. They also gave Jack Harlow's character the backstory of him having played at some place that Gonzaga. sounds like a bean. He played in Gonzaga. Whatever, but he got hurt. He's got mad scars on both knees, and he says it were both of his ACL. So he's got terrible knees. He's trying to do research for stem cell. Because Kobe got that done in Germany, and his ACLs were amazing. He got a, he got stem cells? Yes. I have a thousand more questions. It sounds like yep. bionic situations. Yep. But anyway, he that's, that's his whole drive, apparently, is him trying to make money to fix his body so he can play ball. But we end it with, we end it wildly, wildly we end it with them winning the last off. game. Yes, a wrap-off. No, they win the last game, right? But then Sinqua's character goes overseas and plays for China and apparently is such a star, he gets invited to play for the G League for the Lakers back in California. And then after playing G League with the Lakers for less than a year, he gets pulled into the the big league. They're like, it's on a 10-day probation. It's a 10-day okay. contract, yeah. Sure. They, they actually do that for real. In a year's time? Yeah, there's some dudes that play for the real team energy league. It doesn't make sense. Hey, it is what it is. So you're telling me after yes. winning the tournament, yes, there are people, or after you win a street level tournament for basketball, yes, you can then go play overseas for less than a year, come back to the states, play for the G League, if you're good, and then also play for the major leagues all in that time span. If you're good, yes. But here's the thing. Okay. 
But here's the thing. I don't know if they do it in China. Europe, if you play European ball in Europe, they have these things where it's like a no NBA clause where if you're playing over there, you can't all of a sudden then go play in the NBA at the same time or leave and go play in the NBA. If you do, you got to give all that money back. Isn't that's the left point your of contract. going overseas to then play for the NBA? Yes, but they don't want people to come there just use it as a stepping stone and like the middle of the season, bolt and leave. So if you sign a contract, you're going to have to finish their season, finish their season, finish that contract or give the rest of that money back or give them the re- give the money that they already paid you back. You have to pay restitution back. Yeah. Whatever. None of that was mentioned in this movie. I just thought this was incredibly fast for it to be a year later. They said a year later, this man won the tournament, played for China, left China, went to the G League, got out of the G League, now is in the big pro. Siobhan, what are they supposed to do? Draw it out for another three hours? Couldn't they have just been like, they won the end. Like, they could have, they won the end. Like, I don't, anyway, I don't know. Anywho, but like, like I said, the most believable acting in there for me with, with Jack Harlow's characters when he had to make out with his love interest. Um, oh, he also was supposed to have a pill problem. Did you pick that up at all? Quickly. They they hinted to him having, uh, he's on that uh, Percocets, Molly Percocets problem. Also, there was no, well, maybe there was some new music. Most of that soundtrack is from, is from the 90s. It was very interesting. So, anywho, seems like you don't care about the movie. Ugh. Which one was better, the original or the redo? In terms of storytelling. Don't you goddamn say it. <laughs> I'm going to give even, it to the original. Don't OG. even fix your lip. I'm going to give it to the original. In okay. terms of, even though I thought it was really okay. disjointed, it okay. kept your attention. Okay. Mob ties, this okay. A, this would have been the last podcast. Hustle. All, the, all of the shit talking that Wesley Snipes did was a hilarious part of the film. I get, I got it. I get that. This one felt like a watered down, for families version of White Men Can't Jump. No, it felt like a civil rights movement movie. In order for it to be a civil rights movement, they would have had to talk about race, and they never did. They never went there at all. They anytime they brought to... it up, oh, anytime they brought it up, Jack Harlow's character was the one to point out all of the stuff that normally the black member would have done for the film. And I don't know what the point of that was. It felt like a civil rights movie. It, ba- was, it felt like a civil rights basketball movie. It was so heavy handed. It w- didn't make any sense. There's a random part in there where Sinqua's like, well, you know, oh, because Jack Taylor's like, or, Jack Taylor, Jack Harlow's character is like, uh, you should be trash talking these dudes. You have so much material that I can't touch, right? And that's when Sinqua's character has to be like, what are you talking about? What black jokes you got? Blah, 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 blah. But then it's Sinqua explaining, listen, all of those people, meaning all the black men on the court, came from kings and queens. And Jack Harlow goes, that's correct. <laughs> I was like, what is going on right now? You're a What king. is this? So, what do you give it? How many stars? Or thumbs? How many thumbs? (laughs) The original White Man Can't Jump, I'm going to give three stars. 
silence. Okay. You said okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. The new white men can't jump. Negative two stars. I give the new one. I wish I had more thumbs. I give it four thumbs down. Titties. My gosh. Anyway. Uh, the old one is cool to me. Uh, I liked it. Uh, How many thumbs or stars? I get one and a half thumb. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't give anything two thumbs. That doesn't make sense. Because this is on a scale of five. So they only get one and a half? Yeah, I give it one. Oh. Out of five? Okay. Out of five thumbs, I give it four. Oh, you give it a high? Because yeah. it's about basketball? I give it four thumbs. Ew, ugh. Yeah. So if you're a huge fan of White Man Can't Jump and you just want to do the comparison, stick to the original. <laughs> stick to it. the original. If you have never seen White Man Can't Jump, but you know more people in the new movie than you do the old one, go ahead, watch the new one. You could caca and kiki at nothing. Uh, Those are country laughs. Oh. Okay. And that's it. You got any um, suggestions for the next Worth the Watch for my black homework? Please let me know. We're going to watch Harlem Nights. Mm-hmm. We're going to do two Eddie Murphy movies. Two? Yeah. What's the second one? Didn't you say you didn't see another one of his movies? What? Um... We can watch Distinguished Gentlemen. Yeah, I haven't seen Distinguished Gentlemen. We can watch that. That's not really for the black card thing. That's just for me. <laughs> um, the Distinguished Gentlemen one. The black card one is Harlem Nights. Okay. So Harlem and if Nights we want next. to, we can watch. It's almost it's almost Thanksgiving. We can wait. It's not almost Thanksgiving. Yes, it is. No, it's not. You blink. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Uh-huh. You blink and it's Thanksgiving. Interesting how time works for you. But yeah, that was it. Let us know if you I'm have. I'm not held or bound by time. What? I'm not held or bound by time. Anyway, let us know if you have any other suggestions, if you had thoughts on the new remake, or if you remember the original. I am phenomenally omnipotent. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to take a break because Calvin clearly needs a nap. Um, yeah. If you like the movie, let us know if you like the new one or the old one. Figure it out. I don't know. Sucks. (laughs) Do you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify. Interact. Do all the things. Because you know we like that. Kick us off, Calvin. It's time for College Hill, ladies and gentlemen. I thought you were going to sing the intro you made. Let it College Hill. Let it College Hill. College Hill. Okay. College <laughs> Hill. Woo. College Hill. Oh, it's going to continue? Okay. This is what you wanted. Okay. Go get all the Barry White. College Hill, Celebrity mm. Edition, Episode 3. I thought we were going to get another episode, but we did not. They're going to string it out for us. Mm. Upset. Do you remember what happened previously? So, I finally went back and watched what the hell Negro Spiritual Hymn that uh, 
New York. Mm-hmm. What's her name? Real name? Tiffany. Tiffany Pollard. Was singing. It's like Jesus lead me. Okay. Oh Lord lead me. Uh huh. So what I figure or disertained is that people up north who when they sing from the hymn books, they sing from the back. Mm-hmm. Us in the south, we sing from the front of the hymn book. We never make it to the back. So there's that's why I never made it to that song. <laughs> okay. I've never heard that song ever in my life ever. Previously on College so, Hill, yeah, Celebrity Edition. Yes. Basically, uh, they got to the house for the first time. They got to see the school for the first time. They got into fighting for the first time. Um, a lot of feelings got hurt between Tiffany and Jocelyn and Amber and Jocelyn and Parker and all, Jocelyn. All within the first 15 seconds. It they were, Between the misunderstanding of whether or not Tiffany had a human person that she lost... Or um, Jocelyn taking out her feelings on her roommate. Who knew having grief would get your ass whipped? Or Amber just being done. Uh, There was a lot of, what the heck are we going to do with Jocelyn? Why is she so antagonistic? Then, uh, towards the end of the last couple of episodes, their apologies were made, and it looks like everybody's back on the same page. But then Ray J disappeared into the night. Mind you, Imani's also gone. Is his name Imani or Iman? Just kidding. Iman. Iman. So, when we pick up with this new episode, uh, everyone's getting ready for school. Iman is still gone. Ray J has disappeared. Ugh. And people are taking their time to get ready. Um, the conversation quickly turns to, has anybody seen Ray J? <laughs> I think I knew why Ray J left. Why? I don't think he wanted to go through that museum. Doubt it. I don't yeah. think he was, like, gung-ho to go to the museum, but he'd be out just to be out, like, a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't think he want to go to the museum. I don't think mentally he can handle it. I don't, without, I don't without think saying, that was... Without saying and doing something stupid. I don't think that was the core uh, point at all. And, no, you because don't he goes so, back okay. and forth to talk with the Republican House a lot. A lot, a lot. Touche. So, anyway, they don't know where Ray J is. They get ready. They go to school. Um, when they get there, they find out they're going to go on a field trip. They're going to the Equal Justice Initiatives Legacy Museum, there we go, in Alabama uh, as a field trip. And this museum is heavy duty. Heavy, heavy duty. Have you ever been to the National, what's the name of the one? The Black Museum? The African American History Museum in D.C.? This one is a little bit way more heavier than that one. Well, this one's singularly focused. So the African American History Museum in D.C. talks about the entire African American experience. experience. This one is focused on civil rights. It talked that their current, or at least what the show showed us as being there. Uh, what do they call it? But what they were showcasing was from slavery to incarceration. So they're talking about the oppression of black people. That's their focus. Okay. Okay. Use all the statues and everything of like yes. uh, slavery, yes. people in chains, people yes. in prison. So that's their focus on the civil rights aspect of how things have shaken out for black people since slavery ended. And honestly, Emancipation Project. Uh, not really. I think it talks more about how how difficult it was for black people to to, to survive at all because it's not taught in the history books. Period. 
So it's focused on like almost everything that does not get covered when you're taking your public education history class. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> so they find out they're going to be doing that. Um, but before they do all of that, Jocelyn and Parker have a sit down because even though we were told everybody's on the same page after the last couple of episodes, turns out Parker didn't get to have the same talk with Jocelyn as Tiffany and Amber. And she wanted to go over the rules for the uh, the jail cell. She did not. So Parker comes over with liquor, uh, presumably first thing in the morning, so that they can talk. And basically, honestly, it was this, I don't know if it was necessarily an apology. Parker goes over there and says, hey, I'd like to talk and, like, you know, get everything out in the open. And Jocelyn goes, you know, I'm sorry for the way I locked you out this room, but you came across like a fake bitch, and I don't deal with fake bitches. And I Par- stab fake bitches. <laughs> and Parker goes, my bad. I, you Thank know, you for ba- not shanking me. Basically, she's like, uh, I understand if I had a problem to come to you first. Uh, you know, I just wasn't in that headspace because whatever, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Parker's aside is that she is familiar with Jocelyn's behavior only through TV. She knows her for the reality TV personality. She just didn't think she'd be on the brunt end of this reality TV personality. But so now she's going to check show. in with the head woman in charge before she makes any moves around the jail. The show doesn't really show Jocelyn cell. actually apologizing to, Bar- to Parker, but it does show Parker apologizing profusely to Jocelyn. So then they go to the museum. Um, they're not allowed to film in the museum. Them being... Uh, Jocelyn, Amber, Tiffany, Quay, Orion, and Parker. They're allowed to pair up and go through this museum, but they're supposed to go through it, take their time, look at all of the exhibits, and then they've got a report they got to do at the end of this for class the next day. Uh, the museum is noted as being an honest confrontation of the legacy of slavery to modern day. Uh, each of these celebrities talk about their emotional reactions going through the museum. Tiffany is a crier. Tiffany's Tiffany's known for having her emotions on her sleeve. She's really she really is known for that. So, but I mean, it's heavy stuff. It's heavy, heavy stuff. At least in the African American History Museum out here, you go through a lot of the dark, but then they show you how we thrived as well. And, and then I don't, they give you good foods at the end. They well, you have the opportunity to go to that cafeteria, which is delicious. Um, so used to be. Why it got bad? Uh, from what people are saying now, yes. Really? Yes. Their shrimp grits were delicious. It was so good. Okay. When we went. Now, that's very slaverish and countryish. Well, yeah, that was the point. They did delicacies from the black diaspora, at least the American black diaspora. Speaking that was their which, whole point. My aunt, when I went home last time, actually had grits and shrimp gravy. Delicious. All that stuff. Delicious. She wanted some. I said, no, I am not that black. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. Thank you. So I just had um, bacon with eggs and grits. But basically, them going through this museum, it weighs heavy on all of them. They all talk about how they knew they were aware of all of the trials that our people had to go through in the history. But this going through the museum made it real. It made it really real for a lot of them. So we, uh, they come back from the museum, and then Iman returns right after they came back from the museum. To switch things up, 
Quay decides they should play a prank on Iman. So they decided if you're going to leave the house, you're going to get a prank played on you, basically. Quay comes up with this whole plan that him and Jocelyn are fighting. And Jocelyn's going to throw water in his face. And Iman's just going to have to help them break up the fight. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And they're like, okay, we're in. And it works like gangbusters. Iman comes in. He's happy to greet his housemates. Jocelyn says she's not talking to Quay. Quay says he's not talking to Jocelyn. They confront each other in Quay's room. Jocelyn throws the water. Iman's like, I can't leave them for a second. I got to stay here all the time. They're already fighting each other. And then Jocelyn has to be like, no, no, we're kidding. We're joking. We're joking. It's not, it's not real. And then they hug it out. And Iman's like, they got me. And then they try to play a trick on Ray J as well. After he DMs Amber to ask what he missed for the day. You notice how Ray Man had no shirt on when he called Amber? He knew what he was doing. It was gross. He knew um, what he was doing. But Amber makes up this story on the spot about My how man. Jocelyn and Parker got into a physical fight with each other. <laughs> and Ray, Ray J believes her immediately. And he goes, who won the fight? And then Jocelyn's quick to jump in and be like, no, no, no. None of that happened. We're kidding. But then Jocelyn has this aside with Tiffany and Amber. And is like, I don't know why everybody believes that I would just fight these people at a drop of a dime. And they and look at her like, you don't know why? They they don't just look at her. They tell her. No, it's true. You would. <laughs> you would. You would drop these people. This is your. On a dime. You run this prison. You run it. Ridiculous. Um. So, but the important thing to note is that Ray J is still not back at the house. So. Next morning, guess who shows back up? Not even. So they go and do presentations for their civil rights class the next day about their visit at the museum. Uh, the professor notes that. Willie Norwood is not present, and apparently Parker had no idea that Ray J's real name is Willie Norwood. Nor does Ray J. <laughs> so they both are surprised. So um, we get them uh, tell, basically sharing their experiences about what they learned going through that museum. Uh, even Iman, even though he just got back, he decides to try to get as much of his assignments done as he can that he missed while he was gone. And he goes and hits up the museum first thing in the morning. So that he can give his own opinion for class. I thought that was pretty cool of him. Then we get the next thing, which is Tiffany Quay and Parker and what they're doing in addition to their schoolwork. So apparently Tiffany Quay and Parker have decided to do extracurriculars. Quay is trying to join the drum line. Uh, Tiffany wants to join flag I thought Corps. you meant drugs. Okay. And then Parker is joining the Stingettes, which I guess is the dance troupe for... Oh, he's, the he's marching band. The marching band. Oh, she's not in the marching band. She's a dancer. Yeah, she's a dancing dancer for the the march. The, they dance for the marching band too. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, she's trying to do that. Um, they've got something called the Magic City Classic that's coming up, and it's Alabama Alabama State University versus Alabama A and M. The Alabama State that, University. They do make sure to let you know that this is the Alabama State University. Roll Tide. Roll tight. Okay. Anyway, Ray J comes back from his personal business in L.A. He's missed several assignments and classes at this point. He only had one wish not to come back. So the class he comes back to is the class that uh, is the first class for everybody, and it's an acting class. Immediately, Ray J checks out. Immediately. Because he's a professional. He one says, of the greatest actors in Hollywood. He says he's not going to pay attention to this class. Um. He's not even ready. They're trying to take notes and get ready as the teacher's telling them what the class is going to be. He has an Oscar. He has an Emmy. He doesn't have either of those. Yes, um, he does. So, Ray J doesn't have any paper out. He's falling asleep in class. The teacher is like, are you awake? Are you ready? Are why, you should he, why should he be awake? He's 
one at acting. He, Ray J says to the camera that he never wanted to do acting classes, nor does he need acting classes. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the best actor on there. Ray J just goes in on how, like, he got he got into SAG when he was 13. He's already done television 13. and film. The youngest ever to get in SAG, by the way. Actually, that's not the youngest ever to get into SAG. Yes, he is. No. Why do you hate on Ray J's accomplishments? Is it an accomplishment? You know what he's talking about in, in terms of television and film? TV is Brandy's show. He was on Moesha. No one has the accolades that Ray J has <laughs> in TV and movie. <laughs> that is very much... So stop... Hey. The vibe that Ray J is trying to give. Like, I'm above this. And I do not need it. He's producing. And he's producing. His phone goes off in class. On top of him falling asleep in class. Because it's probably a call for another role that he might have to go read for. The cl- the teacher tells the class that by the, the final for them is creating a metaphor that most reflects their life. Right? Does that sound like something a professional person would tell you to do? Ye- yes. So... As they're going around a circle, he's like, I want Whatever. you to think of the first thing that comes to your mind when I say, uh, I feel the most happy when yada, yada, yada. And they're going around in a circle. We're hearing things like, when your dick's inside me, when, <laughs> of <laughs> when course, I have food. that would be the horror they call New York. It, it, it's, it's all over the place. But we get to Amber, who goes, I haven't really been happy. <laughs> like, period. Like, period, full stop. I haven't really been happy. Uh, and she goes into how, like, maybe she's at her happiest around Halloween because she tells us again that she has a lot of trauma about her younger years. But Halloween was one of the few reprieves she had because she could pretend to be somebody else. And then she breaks down in tears. She breaks down into face and hand tears. She spends, I don't, I don't think Calvin has clocked this, but Amber spends a lot of time on camera behind shades. Yes. It's to hide her eyes. Her eyes are fine. No, they're not. Anyway, but to me, it's part of how she can keep her distance. It's how she can keep a space. Oh, that's her. That's her Ray Charles thing. I don't. Ray Charles wore glasses because he didn't want people to see his eyes. And it was also a barrier between the one. The only female that ever he took his shades off for was his wife. Which one? The one who's played by. Carrie uh, Russell? Carrie, yeah. The first one? Carrie Washington's, yeah, character. Oh, okay, I said Carrie Russell. Yeah. The first one? Yeah. That's a lie. No, that's what he, he said. Didn't, he didn't take him off for his second wife? He kept him on the entire time of his marriage? I guess so. Interesting. That's what Ray Charles said himself. It's a lie. Anyway. You don't know me. So Amber has this breakdown. Uh, Ray J takes this opportunity to say that he feels this is the responsibility of the teacher because he should know that these people are vulnerable. So why is he asking these kinds of questions if he's supposed to be a professional think, acting teacher? I think Reggie should teach the acting class. They'll get way more out of it. Here's my thing. If you don't want to do any of this, he's like, I'm done with classes. I don't really want to do this. Why are you here? Why are you here? I think Reggie had a, has a gig that he has to go do, and they won't let him go do it. Rewind to that first and second episode where he's going in about how he's taking it serious this time. He's waking up early. He's doing all the assignments. He's going to be paying attention to all of the classes. Honestly, Javon, that was a lie. <laughs> it's just, why are you here, fool? Why, what are you doing? So, as time goes on, Amber's birthday is coming up. And her housemates are more excited than she is to go and do everything. 
So they start decorating the house. They're getting everything ready for her. Uh, also at this time, Jocelyn is prepping for her husband to come and visit her as well. She's very excited to see him. Uh, she want to go that wop wop. Basically, she tells Amber, listen, girl, we're going to celebrate your birthday. And then, you know, I'm going to meet up with my husband and then we're going to get together. We're going to have adult time. So. So with that being said, I was like, Jocelyn Hernandez is married again. What's that? What? She getting a peanut butter jelly time. Peanut butter jelly time. Okay. So <laughs> she's actually married to somebody named Ballistic Beats, who I've, I've never heard of. But he seems very nice. He seems so nice. He makes beats for nobody. He, somebody. So he comes down and he comes with a gift to give to Amber. And he gives something to the house as well for them to use and celebrate while he takes it with his wife away for them to have their little time together. Uh, and then Chilling that cement. The crew gets drunk. Amber and her housemates drink it up. They sing her happy birthday. They have so much fun. But the next day, many people are hungover and decide they're not going to go to school. So we have Tiffany who says she's hungover and not feeling well. And she don't she's remember not going. her name. We've got Jocelyn who says she's hungover and isn't feeling well and she's not going. And then you've got Ray J who says, I'm just going to keep sleeping in. Amber tries to wake him up and is like, I'm going to try to get him. He's already missed so many classes. I'm going to see if I can get him to go. Are we shocked that he's not going? I'm shocked that Amber keeps trying to be the one to help him. Why? Is she doing this to herself? Because she's trying to get on that movie that Ray J is working on. <laughs> telling you. Telling you. Keep, keep hating on Ray J. Listen, she's just like, I'm going to help him get in line. When he becomes the next Denzel in Hollywood, when he becomes the next Denzel, you'd be, you'd be a believer then. He refuses to wake up, so Amber eventually just gives up and is like, whatever, man. I'm just, just If you ain't going to wake up, you ain't going to wake up. I'm going to school. So the people who end up going to school are Orion, Parker, Amber, Iman, I think that's it. Oh, Quay, and that's it. Quay Lutes. No. So then they go to, to a French class for the first time, and it is painful to watch while everybody tries to figure out how to say these words. I thought Iman was actually doing pretty good. At least he was making the sounds You sound act similar. like you speak French. I do not speak French. Exactly. But I can repeat words. Okay, sure. Wee <laughs> oui, wee. Oui. He says, je suis, and they go, juicy. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Interesting. Anyway, so uh, they get through their French class. Uh, but the French class teacher is doing roll and uh, notices that we're missing many people. <laughs> the way he was pronouncing their names were amazing. Okay. Well, it was with a French accent. So then uh, we get to the acting class. and he's also, he's also asking where everybody is. Why are we missing so many people? When he come, when it comes to the girls, Tiffany and Jocelyn, you know, you've got Iman and Jocelyn? the others saying, oh, they're under the weather. They don't feel good. So they're not in. But when they get to Ray J, they're like, uh, he just he don't want to be here. So the acting teacher asks them to get Ray J on the phone. He doesn't answer. So he leaves get a voicemail Get her ass on the phone. Get her ass on the phone. He leaves a voicemail message. And it's just like, get your stuff together. You already missing so much class. Um, then the crew that went to school goes to their weekly student success seminar, which is held by Dr. Petty. Dr. Petty established herself as taking no shit from anybody immediately. So they get there and she's like, I see somebody people are missing. <laughs> they give her the same spiel. Some people are sick. 
Ray J maybe might is kind of maybe sort of sick. And she's like, okay, well, go ahead. Let's do our assignments. If you remember back when to the first episode, they were supposed to be re- remembering the stanzas to the school song. Mm-hmm. We find out Iman was paired with Jocelyn and she's not there. Mm-hmm. We found out Quay was paired with Ray J and he's not there. Which is good for him. So, so they're trying to remember what they need to remember for their stanzas without their partner. But they do a decent job. They do an okay job. Then we get to Parker and Orion. And in my opinion, it looked like Parker knew all the words and Orion did not. But it's He fine. did what he did with his album. Faked it. It was very interesting. Uh, Amber has a separate assignment because as an atheist, she was stating she is not comfortable with doing any songs associated with god and i looked it up god is in that school song 905 times well so amber was supposed to have a separate assignment that was talking about the marion nine who were former slaves who created the foundation for alabama alabama state university alabama state university that's exactly she's supposed to know their names and a bunch of other things and she doesn't know them but she gets an extension Dr. Petty also uh, is not it's done with Petty, that. just like her name, she goes to the house. <laughs> they get back home. They're like, ooh, we just finished school. Let me tell you what we missed. Uh, Tiffany's up and about, and she's trying to, you know, find out what happened with school. And here comes Dr. Petty marching right up the, up the driveway, coming to the house, ringing the doorbell. It shakes the house. They get real scared. They're like, uh. And Dr. Petty's little side is like, listen, I told them about attendance and I'm very serious about my school and I'm not going to let them make a mockery of this school, which tells me she's going up there to find out why they missed the class. And if that explanation is not up to her standards, someone's going home. She lives up to her last name, Petty. (laughs) Listen, she specifically says Ray J has missed (laughs) several classes. With zero explanation. So he really did leave in the middle of the night, told zero people, and kept it moving. But we don't have a follow-up episode because apparently they're going to string this out. So the preview for next week is uh, basically Dr. Petty saying Ray J has some explaining to do. Uh, the Magic City Classic is getting closer, and you're, we're seeing Parker, Tiffany, and Quay start to feel the pressure with their practice. And are they going to be ready for you know this game? Uh, we also have Tiffany freaking out in general about undertaking all of these college courses and how she's not really doing well with juggling her time to focus on all of this, plus what she wants to do. Per and then, usual. And that's the latest episode of College Hill. College Hill. If, if there's any other reality TV shows that you guys are watching that you want our opinions on, I might be able to talk Calvin into watching it. He's very selective. I watch them because this is getting... Ray J <laughs> makes everything bad. Not everything. Everything bad. Mm-hmm. It's like they centered the show around him not showing up. I wonder if they did that or if they. No, if it just happened to also like happen. Exactly how they did it. They know he's not going to show up. Why did he come back then? Why do it? Because that's the premise of the show. Let's see if Ray J can stay. Interesting. It's like Ray J, the bachelor, the one person who should be voted off, but for some reason is always told to stick around. Do you think he's failing up? 
Meaning, like, do you think him being as crazy as he is? Yes. Is working in his favor? Yes. Leading to more possibilities for him? Yes. Goodness. That's why he's going to be one of the greatest actors in Hollywood history of I all time. I was blown when this man said he don't need no classes, nor would he ever take any acting Javon, he's been acting since he's been three. He's been singing since he's been six. The man has achieved more than the average human I has done argue a whole life. All of those opportunities he has, he had Javon, is because of a certain famous sister of Javon, his. Javon, he has the EGOTs. He has the Emmys. He has the Oscars. He has the Grammys. He has all the music awards. It's nothing that this man don't do that doesn't turn to gold. He, He's so good at movies, he's even had a number one hit porn movie. He's that good at movies. Okay? That Kim and him. Kim Kardashian. No, remember he sued for I don't know if you know this. He sued for that because he didn't get any royalties for that. He should have. It was one of the <laughs> number one movies out that year. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Did you see it? Everyone saw it. Even if you didn't want to see it, I you didn't saw it. see it. You did. No. You're lying. I didn't you see did. it. You did. No. You did. You, you did. I didn't see it. Moving right along. Interesting. Like I said, he's been great at everything. Him going to school now is a setback. For him. I understand where he's coming from. why did he agree from. to go to school? If it's a setback, why did he go agree to go to school? Because just like regular human beings, he thought he can learn something. Turns out he can't. He's learned all he can learn. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're supposed to be so serious about this particular type of entertainment business, what could it hurt? He is the business. That's the thing. That's the problem. He is the business. Then what could it hurt? It, 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 it's hurting because it's nothing. <laughs> when you're great, you're great. Wow. You can't help it. Wow. You get bored easy when you're great. Wow and terrible. That's why Michael, Michael Jordan left the NBA. He was bored of winning. Okay, so now that we're at episode three, and usually these are like anywhere from six to eight episodes, maybe ten. Sure. Who do you think is coming out as the valedictorian? Ray J has said twice now. He's being the valedictorian. <laughs> well, we all know that's not going to happen. So okay. so that leaves Iman, Quay, Amber, Orion, Parker, Quay. Tiffany, and Amber again. So who? Quay. You think it's going to be Quay? Yes. I don't think it's going to be Quay. Okay. My money's on Iman. Sure. He said sure. May, maybe Amber. Maybe Amber. But that's a maybe. My money's on Quaaludes. Not Quaaludes. Yes. So, but yeah, that's it for College Hill. Until next time, let us know if you have any other shows you want to check out or discuss or whatever, or you just think it's fun to watch. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you for listening to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time. Later, people. Oh, yeah.